Hello and welcome to the third episode of our Four Generations of Friends podcast. We are excited that you are joining us today for an interesting topic that we think will be somewhat fun, and that is how communication has changed in all of our generations. We're going to go around <laughs> our table and do some quick introductions, just a reminder of who we are and where we fall in the age bracket here. I am Jen, and I represent the 50s. I'm Farron. I'm mid-30s. I'm Kimmy, and I'm 44. I'm Susie. I'm 60 plus. We're going to talk about communication, how it's changed, although we want to start by saying that we met each other through communication. But I want to talk about how it would have been in different times. Uh, communication has changed drastically from the time that Susie was in high school till I was in high school, then Kimmy, then Farron. So we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk about how we were able to get together with friends in the past versus how we were able to do that today. Susie, you're up. Well, so... Back in the day, uh, we had a landline at home, and our house is kind of spread out. We did have several different phones, but there was still the issue when I got a phone call, somebody would answer it, and then they'd say, Susie, Tony's on the phone, and then I would have to sit in the room with the rest of my family and try to have this conversation. Or I'd go upstairs in a bedroom and close the door and knowing that it was not a private conversation. Well, at least you had a landline. We had a party line. <laughs> I've heard Chris talk about party lines before. I don't think you're talking about the same kind of party line. I think the party line that Chris is talking about is when you would call in, there'd be a group of people on the phone and you could talk to lots of different people. Yes. Our party line was that multiple people in our area shared the same phone line. So when you picked up the phone, someone may be already having a conversation on the phone with someone else. And you had to wait until that person got off before you could make your own phone call. And then while you were on a phone call, someone in a house next door could pick up the phone and be trying to make a phone call. Um, so once we were able to get actually get on the call, we only had one phone in our house. We lived in the middle of nowhere. I had a 25-foot phone line <laughs> that I could stretch all the way to the closet where I could get in the closet and shut oh. the door because that's the only privacy I could get. So this is hilarious to me. So I'm obviously mid-30s, so I was coming of age, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And we had a landline, and we had two phones. We were not allowed to have phones in our room. So, Susie, I had all the exact same experiences. Like, I would wait by the phone, and hopefully I could catch it before somebody else. But even when I did, my dad would answer the phone. And if it was a boy, because my dad is, he's the best, but he's the absolute worst. He would be like, what are your intentions with my daughter? And then I'd have to lay on the kitchen floor near the trash can and, like, secretly try to talk into the phone so no one could hear me. So, Wayne lines have been problematic since the beginning of time. Well, yeah. I'm just going to talk about landlines right now because I still have one. I have a home phone. So I have two phones. I have my cell phone and I have a home phone number. And my family still has actual landlines. So as does my mom, but she's 96. How else did you guys communicate? Well, the phone had this really annoying thing called a busy signal. So if you tried to call somebody and they were on another call, you'd get this really annoying sound. E, 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 exactly. And to the extent that my dad put in an extra phone line in our study, we were not to give the phone number out, and it was simply for him to call home when he couldn't reach anybody in the family on our regular phone number. So we had this red phone in the study where if it rang, that was dad, and you better pick it up and never give out that phone number. So 
Only one person could talk on the phone in the entire household at one time, and you had to deal with a busy signal. There was also such a thing as long distance charges for phone calls. If you called somebody that was as close as 20, 20 miles, miles away, away, that would be considered long distance and it was prohibitively expensive. When I was in college, I had friends who would go home for the weekend and when they returned to campus, their parents wanted them to call to know that they got home safely, got back to school safely, but they didn't want to incur the cost. So they would do what was called a collect call, which meant you spoke to the operator, said you wanted to call your home phone number. The operator would dial that number for you and whoever picked up, they would say, will you accept charges? Fill in the blank. And these cost-cutting parents would say no and hang up, but then in that case, they knew that their child was back at school. Do you guys remember the commercial where the guy calls home and it's collect, and when they ask his name, he says, had a baby, it's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's, yeah. Well, That's what I'm talking about. And yeah. to go along with that is when I would get home, I'm, I mean, I was late 90s, and I would get home from school, and I'd have to, and my mom would call home or something, and she would let it ring one time, and that meant call her back. Because the <laughs> difference in the towns was because... one was long distance and one was not. And so you had to call and hang up, and then that new to you know to call back the other thing the other thing that then came into play was call waiting which was very mm. exciting because you could <laughs> the busy signal went away and someone could call and it would beep and you would know that there's another call coming in and you could put the first person on hold then there was three-way calling three-way calling and so i had friends that lived I, I lived in brown county indiana so really in rural the middle of nowhere but i could call one friend who was 20 miles away and one to the, to the east, and then they would call a friend who was 20 miles farther to the east, and we'd all get on the phone, and I could have a conversation with that person that was 40 miles away through the person in the middle's phone. It was a little bit of chaos and <laughs> craziness. So this was a way of avoiding long-distance charges? Yes. So those must have been, I mean, I don't, I don't think that we had those when I was younger because my cousin lived in Milwaukee, and I'm pretty sure I still have her uh, phone number memorized, and I would call her all the time, and I don't remember it being an issue. Like, her and I would sit and talk for 20, 30 minutes on the phone. If it were an issue, you would know, because it <laughs> yeah. was very, very expensive. Like a dollar a minute. It was crazy. Yeah. Your parents would have kicked your booty. But uh -huh. how crazy is it that I still know all of my high school friends' phone numbers? I mean, I can... Yeah. But I don't know any of your phone no, numbers. No, exactly. But I knew everybody's. Yes. Yeah. Well, and... Yeah. And even farther down that road, my kids have their first cell phones. They will never have a different phone number. So when we moved from one house to another, right. you had to change phone numbers. Yeah. And when I moved to Westville, I was very excited because the first three numbers of the phones were phone numbers here was 867, and I really wanted 5309. Oh. Oh. They don't give it out, apparently. <laughs> You're dating yourself there. I totally did. Jenny, Fair Jenny. didn't get that yeah. one. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, but also when... Um, when we were, when I was a kid and living at home, we didn't have, a, God, this is, we didn't have a seven-digit phone number. We had a three-digit <laughs> phone number. Are so you serious? I'm serious. Like, we would call my dad's <laughs> office, and we would just punch in 015. <laughs> now, I do remember um, way, way back, I think, I, we were still in the first house I lived in. We moved from there when I was nine. 
Um, but our area code was 317, and then they redistricted or uh, whatever they did. I guess there were too many people, and they had to add some. So our area code no. changed to 765, mm -hmm. and it was an adjustment when I was trying to call people because I was used to 317 being the area code. And I remember not having to do an area code. I mean, I remember um, my mom, when I was very young, dialing her family, which was a very small town, and I think it was four digits. But mm. then... Um, I have always only known just the seven, not the area code plus. Well, you only needed the area code if you were calling long, long distance. distance. Right. Until they yeah. split Indianapolis and they split Fort Wayne mm -hmm. and made them exactly. different. Yeah. Um, Which is so funny because now I've always worked in restaurants. So when I would ask for a phone number at a restaurant, you know, it'd be, you know, 864, you know. Or now you have to be like area code. So it's just common. I think that's interesting that it's it's very common that it's like 317 and then that or you know and 219 you, you, you never know where the person that's calling you is calling from exactly because the there's phone numbers i mean Susie's phone number is a phone number from Fort Wayne right and always I assume, will I can't be yeah. it always will be so we don't dial that number but when i see the phone number and it's a Fort Wayne number I have to think, who do I know in Fort Wayne? But they're not in Fort Wayne. Exactly. So we've gone from landlines, party lines, three-digit phone numbers. So <laughs> what well, came then, next? Well, then came the uh, cell phone brick, if you all remember no, the Motorola. The bag phone. Oh, I forgot the, the bag, bag phone. The bag phone. And then yeah. the car phone. I never had one of those. Two. I was. We had one, and we. I yeah. feel like we were. So you were rich. Oh, you know, I felt pretty rich at that time. <laughs> And we had a bag phone, and it was amazing because I remember riding in the car with my one friend, and her dad was pretty wealthy, and he had a car phone, and I was like, I cannot wait until I get one. I mean, the one that sits there that you actually, and we got a bag phone, and it was similar, and we took it. It never really worked too well. And you had like 10 minutes of time for the month to talk. And that's it, yes. <laughs> and when I did an internship over here, um, I, my mom let me bring that over here with me and so it was it was cool okay so so we had these bag phones <laughs> and um, the one that was built into the car okay then you got the brick oh man now wait in between there though i think before we got cell phones we had email so we could actually email oh Tom. so when i was yeah. at, at college because yeah. i still couldn't call long distance because my town was away i would email my mom and on aol or whatever existed at that time mm -hmm. hotmail or whatever and tell her i made it back home yeah, I guess so, because that would be, yeah, because I think email came around, let's see, I was 16, so I would say it was 94-ish. It was a little earlier than that, because I was in college from 90 to 94. Yeah, but I mean, but in that area, that that, that time frame Early there. 90s. Early yeah. 90s. So I remember getting an, e an email account, and my dad got a computer, and we were able to look at the San Diego Zoo on this computer and it was like something that was unreal. I mean, we could see live, you know, like just live things at the San Diego Zoo and we were in awe and I got my email, which I still have today. Um, and it is AOL with dial up that, um, started back then, which was torture. What was that noise? Susie? <laughs> Do it, Susie. <laughs> So the dial-up tone is very familiar to me because we got a computer when I was, I want to say 10, and it sat in the living room. We were never allowed to have computers in our own room because, you know, back then there were so many horrible things that could happen on the internet as opposed to now, huh? 
And we had AOL Instant Messenger. Well, actually, that's not true. Let me circle back. In fifth grade, I got ICQ. And Wait, I have, what's that? ICQ, it was a chat. Um, I don't remember what it stands for, but it was a chat. So you had all your friends on the side. You could change your name whenever. So half the time, you didn't even know who you were chatting with because <laughs> they had changed their username. And it was a little box that would pop up. But my older brother was a super cool seventh grader. And we fought and we fought and we fought and we fought about who got to be on the computer. So my mom actually created an entire schedule around when we could chat with our friends on ICQ. And we did not have call waiting. But um, so if you tried to use the phone when anybody was chatting, you would get that freaking sound. Well, I'll, be very, clear, I'll be very clear that you cannot have call waiting when you had a party line. So I never had that. And you would get disconnected <laughs> though too. So we would, um, we had a whole schedule where my brother could chat for, you know, 45 minutes. I could chat for 45 minutes. And then we had to let the phone be available in case somebody needed us for a couple hours. And then I think he got another 30 minutes and then I got another 30 minutes. So, okay. So we have have three digit phone numbers we've got landlines we've got party lines we've got bag cell phones how old were you guys when you got a cell phone after i got out of college i actually worked a year at an electronics store while i was waiting for my husband to graduate and i got a cell phone because we sold them and i got a discount so i had that motorola flip phone that weighed like five pounds and flipped shut and bob and i had like 20 minutes a month we could talk on this phone <laughs> I found it to be very useful because we drove a lot to Fort Wayne. We drove a lot to Indianapolis because we were in Muncie. So we were going back and forth. It was nice to have that security. Uh, I actually laughed because there was one time when um, I was talking to my kids about a time that before I had a cell phone that my car broke down and I was in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, well, who did you call? I'm like, well, I couldn't call anyone. I had to get out of the car and walk. Well, they're like, what do you mean walk? I had to walk to someone's house, knock on the door and ask them if I could use their phone to make a phone call to have someone come and get me. So it's interesting that their perspective is so completely warped. They have no idea whatsoever. Uh, they also don't know how to use a map. <laughs> I got my first cell phone at 16, and that story reminds me of um, my dad. I love him. He's the best. Changed the oil in my 1987 white blazer, and he forgot to take the flashlight out, and he semi-closed the hood. So I was driving down the street, and my hood blew open. <laughs> Somehow I maneuvered into an alley, and I picked up my handy-dandy Motorola flip phone, which was probably a lot more lightweight than yours, and I was out of minutes because your phone, you paid for minutes. Mm -hmm. so and when you were out, that was it. You were, you were done. done. So I walked to a payphone with my only quarter to my name, and I called my parents, and I forgot to hang up before their answering machine answered. So it took my quarter. <laughs> Oh. But my cousin happened to be driving by and saved the day. <laughs> I'd forgotten about answering machines. Oh, I had too. Well, and I just, that reminded me that I remember when our girls first got texting, but you only had a certain number of minutes each month. So my daughter would send texts to her friends and like, don't text me until the end of the month because I'm out of. So we were, I think it was 10 cents a text message. And I was, so I was 16 when I got my first phone. You so know, we had that just, was their version of long distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so <laughs> we had just, I just got my phone and I had just gotten, a, at the time I thought a pretty cool boyfriend. And um, so my parents thought I was sending way too many texts and especially during the school day. So they shut off my texting and my, at the time, boyfriend kept texting me and texting me and texting me. And I didn't answer and. 
he called me later and I said, I think something's wrong with my phone. I don't know what's going on. And for the next couple of days, none of my texts will go through. And I found out that my mom uh, had shut my text messages off because I was spending way too much money on these 10 cent text messages. But wait, I think we forgot something important about text messaging. And that's that we were pushing buttons on the phone that were the number. So there was A, B, C, and you had to press one for A, oh, two times yeah. to get B, three times to get C. Yes. But it made it so much easier to like text in your pocket without looking too, because you just knew to hit like, you know, because uh, so I think I, I might be the only one at this table who had a cell phone in high school. And right, so right. we were the generation of people figuring out how to just ruin our education. with electronics. Well, and I was 21, almost 22. I was 22 before I got my own cell phone. And that was because I met this um, amazing man on AOL Love when I moved here to Indiana because I rented a gateway computer. And um, he came over and there we didn't have any communication because I had a home phone. He buys me a cell phone, but I have to pay the bill. But he gets it for me. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. But again, I didn't have anything I didn't have cable I just plugged my tv into the wall but he brought this to me and that's when I got I would not I probably still wouldn't have his phone if he didn't get it for me and you wouldn't be married to him I would probably wouldn't be married to him I would be so okay so you're saying you were 22 two when you got that phone and I so, was and I was 22 23 mm-hmm. when, when I had my so that break. would be 2001 when I was 20 I think just 20 actually I remember it like it was yesterday I was exactly 20 I was in class and my buddy Pulls up, he's at a Mac laptop, and I'm sitting next to him, and we probably should have been learning, but we weren't. And he says, look at this. This is so cool. We've got to get them. Shout out Jason, because I ended up getting my first iPhone. That was the mm. year that iPhones wow. came out, and it was an advertisement for iPhones. Prior to that, I had my parents got me a couple smartphones. Um, I would leave them in my back pocket, and I would sit down on the toilet, and they would fall in. And you couldn't save them. Once they were wet, they were done. So shout out to my parents for continually buying me new phones when I was super irresponsible. But I had the very first smartphone that came out. Wow. And then I had the Motorola Q, which was a very thin smartphone. And then I got an iPhone. Well, I just have to say that you saying that reminds me that once in the fairly recent past, I had my smartphone, my iPhone in my back pocket in a porta potty lost it oh and my husband went and dug it <laughs> now that's love oh that my god was something my husband had been like, but how old were you when life. you got your first cell phone uh, i'm not sure i do remember though that years ago i saw a thing on a morning tv show about this thing called carjack and it was a man a male burly male mannequin that you could put in the front seat so that it looked like you weren't a woman driving alone. It looked like you had a big, burly male passenger. And I said to my friend, I think I should get this for my mom, who even today, at her advanced age, I said, I think I should get this for my mom because she's she thinks nothing of driving anywhere at any time of day or night. And it might be a thing of protection. And my friend Laura said, why don't you get her one of these newfangled portable electronic telephone machines <laughs> no miniature portable telephones i was like that's brilliant so i suggested to my older brother we should get a cell phone for mom for christmas and he said wouldn't that be like giving a drink to an alcoholic because my mom tends to talk quite a bit 
anyway, that's when I first became aware that there was such a thing as a miniature portable telephone that you could have in your pocket and drop into a porta potty. Uh-huh. So circling back a little bit before cell phones, um, do you guys remember pagers? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. yes, I forgot about pagers. All my friends had, had pagers, one. and my parents were hard fast. I did. I never had a pager or a moped. I don't know how much they loved me. But so if you're young and listening, a pager is a device that <laughs> someone would call and it would beep you and tell you a phone number, and then they would and you would call back the number that was sent to you. My parents were always like, "That's really dumb. Why would you need a pager?" And I'm like, "So when I'm riding around town on my fancy new moped, you can get a hold of me." And they were like, "Jokes on you. You're never getting a moped." So, um, but all of my super cool friends had pagers, and it was. I, I I was so jealous. Brian had a pager when I met him. And I was like, what is this? And, you know, of course, me, I'm immature. And I would text him, hello, and boob, boob, and boobless, <laughs> and all the words that you can think of. So I had a fun time with it. So then we got cell phones, right? And do you guys feel like maybe our phones aren't as smart? Like, so... They do a lot of really cool stuff now, you know, we can get on the internet, but when I was uh, 16, I had a uh, a Cavalier, and I was with some friends at the mall, and I, for anybody that knows me, am habitually irresponsible, so I had set my phone on top of my car, and we were heading over to the next place, and I turn, and I see my phone just go flying into the middle of the intersection, so I pull over, and I run in the middle of the intersection, and I pick it up, and there's like... A little tiny scratch on the corner. Now it's like you look at your phone and the whole screen shatters and you can't use it. Well, they're definitely less durable than they Mm -hmm. were in the past. Just the general cell phone that I could beat the crap out of that thing and never had any issues. And then we, uh, we all got social media. So when I got Facebook, it had come out two years before I graduated high school. And you had to have a college email address in order to sign up for Facebook. So I remember we, this is so ridiculous, you know, you get your college acceptance and then you would get a letter that had your email address and we were like, yes, now I can get a Facebook. (laughs) Well, and for that, MySpace was out while I was in school and it was very taboo to have one of those accounts. Um, going into the education profession. Really? Mm -hmm. Because of the pictures that people were putting on there. And so I was late to the game in doing that. I never had a MySpace. And even Facebook, I got 14 years ago. I mean, which is still, you know, pretty late. But because it was drilled into us not to get those social media sites because it was so, like, unknown. And, you know, especially in the education. That reminds me that... We had, when we first got, like, a computer and the girls were on social media and stuff, we had one computer. And, like, somebody would say they needed to be doing homework on there, and somebody else wanted to get on there to be on social media. Nobody had a laptop. Nobody had a smartphone. So it was kind of like that old-school phone we had at home where everybody wanted to use a phone. It was the same thing with the computer. So that's how it was for Bob and I, too. We actually bought a computer, Bob and I, our senior year of college, and we had four other roommates. So, like, there was a sign-up sheet to use this computer, and everyone had to put in 10 cents per page that they printed. So I got a laptop when I went to college. Like, my, mm-hmm. I used my graduation money to buy a laptop, and we all had our own laptops. I used the computer lab more often because my laptop was so slow. So then fast forward to now my children, who are now in college. They're 23, 
almost 21 and almost 20. They got their first cell phones when they were nine years old, smartphones. And frankly, everybody was pretty critical of us about giving it to them that early, but it was, it was for no reason other than because we could find them. So yeah, so Stella um, got a smart watch because it had GPS on it and I could locate her because so if her and her friends went to the park. Um, so yeah, we've talked about, you know, it, it's fun. It's fun reminiscing about how we used to communicate, you know, all the different things. But I think it brings us to another topic that, you know, Jen, you have younger kids. My daughter's 13. So now we've got kids that have this unbridled access to things. So, I mean, all these things that you see now, you know, the sexting, you see the sex offenders, predators using these chat apps, pretending like they're children, you know. So so where we went from, you know, the age of landlines to, to computers, to chat, to cell phones, now our kids have just all this stuff, Snapchat, TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit weird raising a child in the technological age that they have just every, they have access to everything and it almost feels like everybody has access to them. Which yes. makes it so much harder. That would make me really nervous if my girls were 13. And I think, too, having a bunch of high school-aged kids that work here, you know, we talk a lot because this is not just a job for them, for me. And, you know, one of the things I ask them is, like, you know, their whole world is out there. You know, we're not, they don't have the same opportunities that we had, you know, our expectations, you know, sometimes my expectations are higher, but it's like, you know, you can't do stupid stuff. No, you cannot do anything mm -hmm. stupid. You cannot, I mean, you don't even get the opportunity to come home and be like, Hey, I got to see on my test because your mom or dad or somebody has already seen power school and you know, they've already, they already know. So it's like, do you have anything to tell me? Well, you already know. So why are you asking me? And they have classes at school now and they do these seminar I guess you would call them I don't know people come in and talk to them and Stella you know comes home and tells me about it and she has said that one of the things they emphasize over and over and over and it's a thing we never had to think about is once you put something on the internet it is always always there, there. that's what I mean it used to be just a rumor right you know and you didn't I mean all you knew was a rumor it doesn't matter what they do when they put it out there it's there for everyone. And if mm -hmm. you haven't caught it on camera, somebody else has. True. And again, it's out there forever going back to the sexting. Yep. I've never <laughs> felt the need to put my wonderful, beautiful body on anywhere. But, you know, it's it's not, I'm not sure it's a felt. And I think that there's, I mean, and this is a whole another podcast for another day. You know, this peer pressure, these, you know, people trying to fit in to impress people and, um, and then the other thing is you can't walk away from it, right? So when I was in fifth grade, I was having a particularly terrible day and I snapped at a girl who was three times my size and could kick my ass very easily. And I went home and I was like, Ugh, like uh, tomorrow's gonna suck. But I had dinner and we watched our favorite TV show and that was that. Now you go home and it's it follows you. It's there. People are Snapchatting about it, TikTok, well, and they say things on it, social media that they would not say to your face. No, and but you you can't escape it. So I think that's and and not to just keep harping on the evils of technology, but you know where whereas kids we had some escape from the things that go on at school. These kids now it follows them twenty four seven. And just piggy, piggybacking that. Um, you know, I want to tell a funny story because it, it is, and I can laugh about it, but these kids are not able to. I had the beautiful, when skinny jeans were in style when I was in fifth grade, 
and I squatted down and I ripped from the front to the back. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it was funny. We all knew about it, but I'm telling you, if social media was on here, that would have been everywhere and mm -hmm. it could have done so much damage. It's so crazy that, you know, that could that have scarred me for life if I had a different personality? Yes. I thought it was just as funny as everybody else, but you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going with you on this and it's like, it is out there, and yeah. But, so there, I, but, there, but there are good pieces of technology too. Oh, last absolutely. night, last night, my kids went home. They were driving back to college. They had the cell phone. Car broke down. They called and said, "Dad, car broke down. Can you please come get us?" Mm -hmm. Much safer than my child walking up I sixty nine. Right, and I will tell you, um, when Brian's dad was dying. Um, we were able, because of COVID and all that stuff, we were able to see him through advancements in technology. I think one thing I want to bring up here is that it's important that people in these different generations understand how the different generations communicate because I've had to have, I have had to have conversations with my mother and my mother-in-law saying, look, if you want to talk to the kids, your grandkids, you need to learn to text because this is how these kids communicate. They are not going to make a phone call to you and stay on the phone for half an hour. If you've got something to say, send them a text message. So Kimmy and Susie, um, <laughs> this is a fun story. Um, I am your quintessential. I'm 35. I don't answer the phone if I don't know who's calling. I'll listen to a voicemail. I might call you back depending on what you had to say. I want to text. Maybe send me an email, um, but I don't talk on the phone. I hate it. If I have to schedule an appointment and the only option is to talk on the phone, I will find another place to go have that appointment so I can schedule online. And But I do have friends that call, so it's a running joke. I was in the pool at Kimmy's. I was in the pool at Kimmy's house, and I had some call me, and I said, Oh, you know, I hate texting. I just love to talk on the phone. And I've never lived that down yet. But I text, you know, Stella texts me all day long at school. And, um, we, you know, we talk about technology a lot. We're in a really good place with it. I follow her on TikTok. And she wants me to. Instagram, she'll come to me and say, hey, do we know this person? Are they allowed to follow me? So, I mean, it can be good. It can be great. It can be bad. It can be scary. Um, and Stella's 13. She's um, she'll, she texted me the other day when we were together, and she had some criticism of my Instagram posts. And I said, "Can I post that online?" And she said, "No." <laughs> so it is safely on my phone. We all laughed about it, but you know, there's it, it's very much finding the boundary and you know respecting their boundary and teaching them you know how to have boundaries and and social media and smartphones and it's. It's obviously changed from a three-digit phone number. <laughs> but I think you made a good point, though. It is educating these kids. You have educated her. But I think a lot of these kids don't have that education. So there's, like, no filter. You know, but I feel like, you know, how great is it that they come to you and, like, you know, is this okay? Is this okay? Yeah. And that's the boundaries that they need to have because there's so many predators right. out there. Mm -hmm. that... Which I joke, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. But I did have Stella fairly young, so obviously I'm 35, she's 13. I wasn't like super young. But... Without doing the math, I'm going to say 22-ish. <laughs> but, you know, so I do understand some of the, you know, I have friends that have TikToks and I have friends that have Snapchat. And so we have a little bit of an understanding of how this works and talk about it together, you know, so... Um, technology can be great, it can be bad, it can be... Well, for me, I mentioned my mom before, I may, may or may not have said she likes to talk a lot, and email has been the best 
thing for my relationship with her. We email each other every day. She knows what I'm doing every day. I know what she's doing. But I don't have to have, I don't like to talk on the phone. I don't have to have those conversations with her saying, well, I think I told you. And I'm saying yes. And she goes ahead and tells me. And so in many cases, it's a really, really efficient way of communicating with people. And I call my mother <laughs> two, three, four times a day, my Five, sister. Six, I, I think that's the great thing, though. There are so yeah. many different so ways many to communicate yeah. now that you can communicate however works best for you. What I think is cool, though, is in the last few years, my brother, as an adult, has gone deaf. So we have been able to use you know, different communications and even for the deaf community, look at the TTY um, stuff yeah, that is true. now he called me and I will tell you, I was the last person that he talked to before he lost his hearing and it was very emotional. And then one day I got a call and I thought it was a telemarketer and I just waited and it was his voice and he said, hello. And I'm sitting here in this one, this like amazed state of like, I haven't talked to him on the phone in a couple of years, but the communication, so I would talk to him and he would read it and then he would talk back into the phone and it was as if I was having a conversation with him and I will be forever grateful for that. I love That's that. very cool. Yeah. Well, on that note, we should probably end this episode. Um, obviously, communication has changed a lot of things for all of us and without some of the forms of communication that we have now, we wouldn't be sitting here together. <laughs> right. So thank you for listening, and we look forward to sharing our next podcast with you.